listener, and welcome back to Serendipity City. This week, we pick up right where we left off the morning after the last episode ended, with Ira bringing a new job to the rest of the crew after a visit from a stranger. Let's jump right into it. This is um, the next day after the previous mission. I don't think there was a time jump between the mission end and like, I think nope, it was just we like, all went home. Yeah, it was basically right afterwards. So this is the next day and we are in the speakeasy. And um, I'm thinking it's like you three, Charlie and Vex are off doing God's know what, uh, as usual. And you three are in the speakeasy with the girl that was knocking on your door last night um, that said she needed your help. And, uh, so we can like completely act this out or we can just like sort of, um, montage it. But basically the gist of things is that this girl came to you and I'm assuming like your, one of you is relaying this story to the other two, um, and told you that the reason she came to you is because she grew up in like a village or two over from you. And so she had heard of your name after like the misfortune on your family. Uh, and she, came to the city. What's her name? Uh, her name is Melody. Okay. I have it this time. That no. you're going to get me, but... No, I, just, <laughs> I, I I thought it would be easier than just saying the girl. Yes, that's right. Melody. I'm on your side here. <laughs> so Melody grew up, like, nearish to you, enough to have heard of, like, your family's misfortune and heard that you went to the city. Mm-hmm. Um, she went to the city. There was, like, there's, like, this whole backstory with her girlfriend, how they would, like, come through the town every now and then and do trading. Um, and like over a couple of years, like they fell in love and she ran away to the serendipity city with her girlfriend, whose name is Rachel. Okay. Um, who is a shapeshifter and Rachel's family is not super keen on one of their family dating a non-magical human. So they've been not like completely estranged, but they've been like kind of crashing, um, just like everywhere doing like odd jobs throughout the city for the bindle punks. Um, that kind of thing. Uh, and the night before, or not the night before, actually, like two days ago now, because the day before she came to you, Melody came home to the place where they were staying currently to find Rachel missing. Things didn't look super topsy-turvy. It looked like there might have been a small scuffle, but like it didn't look like she had left, like her stuff was still there. And she didn't know what to do. She couldn't, like, obviously she can't go to the cops because the cops don't care about shapeshifters. And she remembered that she had heard that you were in the city now and... At a complete loss for what else to do, she came to you looking for help. Oh. So that's what's happening, um, and that's like why she came to you, and that all of that is explained to you at the speakeasy the next day. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, where do we go? And she doesn't. She doesn't have any money, so she's kind of relying on the goodness of your heart. Yeah. Uh, just just Arrow, to be just to be clear. To take this one. <laughs> well. Just to be clear, I'm, I'm going to find her one way or the other. I figure if the two of you want to help out, you're welcome to. If not, no harm. I got nothing else going on. Spectacular. Yeah, we can't leave you alone. Because Iroh's the one that will get into trouble if he's left alone. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer's nodding now. <laughs> Enthusiastically. <laughs> There's a lot of nodding going on right now. Where, where, where did Rachel work? Where, where would she be found? Uh, throughout the city or can we go to her place you can yeah i can show you you can i mean you can come check out the place we were staying it's just like it's just an abandoned it's just the top floor of an abandoned building um it's like closer to the river from here i think rachel i'm not sure we had been doing some work for the bindle punks lately but i don't what kind of work 
just like spreading flyers, helping clean up the bookstore. Mm. Nothing too exciting. I don't know why. Yeah, they won't let us do anything real cool. This uh, also for clarity, I think I mentioned it last time, but she's like 18 or 19. Like she's young Mm -hmm. and looks extremely out of her depth. Nothing about nothing about this projects that she is like worldly or super self-assured or anything. Mm -hmm. But she says, yeah, no, I can. uh, Yes, you remembered to do the thing this time. I got a 10. Nice. What does that mean? Cool. Melody says, yeah, if you, I mean, if you want to come look at the place we're staying, like we don't have a lot of stuff. Um, It's not, it's not a fancy place, but if you want to. And it's just the two of you there and no one else has like access to the place. I mean, people have access because it's, it's an abandoned building. Like we're not renting. It's not exactly on the up and up, but we got, you know, we got the name of the building from, from someone else at the Bindle Punks. And they said that like, it's a good place to stay for a couple days or a couple weeks if you need it. Everybody knows the people staying there are usually affiliated with the Bindle Punks. And so they just like leave them alone unless, unless the people staying there start shit. And, and no one, no one there is giving you any trouble. No, it's just been, it's just been mostly us. Um, it's like, it's not a, it's not a huge building. It's like a, a rundown, uh, townhome or something, I guess. Uh, but well, well let's go check it out. All right. Fresh montage. <laughs> Are you guys going to make this like distraught teenager wait while you change your outfits? Well, it's important to look good. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm already dressed. But then Fox is like, no, we're doing this. And I'm like, well, all right. We so, got well, no, I, I figure you two already look good. We're not going to a specific enough environment to merit a special costume change in, just in, yet. In fairness, I mean, it neither sounds like is some the sacred grove or order. the sewers, but look at what we did there. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> I refuse to believe that Fox has anything that even remotely resembles something punks wear. He has like You're a full-on plaid suit. Like yes! A plaid with <laughs> little spikes on the shoulders. Yes! <laughs> I feel like if Fox looked at anything that was plaid, it would just light on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. This is great. No, you know, he's got to have the right aesthetic. Yes. For the most part. He gets it. To go visit a crash pad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Fancy lives in a bounded building, and you see the way she dresses, so. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, fashion montage or no fashion montage. We, I like the idea actually of like them changing and uh, Melody and you are sitting at the bar with your non-alcoholic drinks. No, no, no. no. Ira is already like pulling up to her building and walking up the steps, <laughs> and their montage is still just going on. Like but, we'll catch up with you. But when we walk in the door, they're suddenly there. <laughs> well, so either, okay, yeah. Either way, y'all end up at this building, and it's basically exactly like Melody said. It is kind of a rundown like it was a residential building it's not like a warehouse or storefront or some of the other ones y'all have been in lately it's not like small but it's also not like palatial it's it's like where jessica jones lives yeah yeah something like that and on the like the the bottom half is really run down and like she leads you up a flight of rickety stairs on the top floor the second floor rather although i guess it's also the top floor but the second floor slash top floor is somewhat less um run down it's like it's been it's clear that it is they've done this on purpose so that someone might stick their head in and see how messy the, the bottom is and be like oh it's not worth staying here and then the top floor is where people are like actually staying um so still very diy yeah still yeah. very diy there's like 
there she like gestures to a corner where they've sort of like they where they had clearly been staying there's like some blankets on the floor there's a couple of like knapsacks um which i think is the same thing as a backpack but like an old-timey backpack you know and so this is like one big room and they've just sort of claimed a corner yeah yeah there's like you can there's like some curtains set up you know those like a clothing rack that's on wheels yes you can throw a blanket over to set up sort of like very temporary walls Mm -hmm. like there are some of those kind of scattered around the room but as she said it doesn't look like anyone else has been here super recently like there's nobody else in the room right now they've like used the um moving walls, quote unquote, to cordon off like a smaller area of the room because she tells you, you know, that that's what they were told to do in case somebody else needed the space or whatever. As far as the place looks like it's relatively clean and shabby, but clean on the top floor. There's not any signs of a huge struggle. She's like, yeah, um, when we, when I came home yesterday, day before yesterday, the blank, like the blankets were were messed up and that's basically it but like most of Rachel's stuff is still here all of the stuff that she needs like day to day the only thing that's gone is like her pack with like she has some you know some basic like construction tools and some basic like magical supplies in case she needs any of that while she's out working but like her her clothes or like her toiletries like all of that is still here so I don't think I really don't think that she left i don't but i don't know i don't know what's happened to her can you show me what palette's hers yeah so it's um like do you want her blanket or something yeah. you want something of hers yeah. i want something of hers okay yeah so she creepy <laughs> <laughs> it's what i do i touch things I- iris says nothing <laughs> <laughs> just begins to sweat oh <laughs> uh, uh she yeah so she she goes well um this is her pillow and and that's her her bag with the rest of her Nancy clothes. Nancy eats it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she, yeah, she points this stuff out to you. I go kneel down and touch it. And as I touch it, I feel not a vision. <laughs> <laughs> just just on the tip of your tongue. Oh, well, seven, eight. Okay. So I get to ask one question. Where is Rachel? <laughs> When you enter your trance state or whatever, what you see is the day before. It, it's that it's that same thing with like the sun rising and setting quickly, and it starts at normal speed at first, and you just like see Rachel wake up and get ready to go. You know, Melody had told you that they were working like different jobs that day, so like Rachel wakes up before Melody does, gets ready to go. Like seems totally normal. Like gives Melody a kiss on the cheek as she's sleeping, and then leaves, and then. It like the time speeds up and you see the next day and a half, like you see Melody come home and like wonder where Rachel is. And then you see Melody being increasingly upset, but you don't see Rachel again. And you don't, that sort of like emotional, like taste to the visions that you get it. Like Rachel was not panicked when she left. So she was not taken from this apartment. And when she left, like she was not like, she wasn't planning anything. Like it was, she was just intending it to be like a normal day. A normal day. So I come out of my trance. I kind of like when I go into a trance for Fox and Iroh, I kind of, and Iroh, you won't get this because you don't watch Disney Channel kids shows. Um, But that So Raven is what I said. She was a, it was a show where the girl had visions. Wait, of course I've watched That So Raven. (laughs) That is not a cartoon. It's a kid show though. Sure. Fine then. So that's a raven where she like kind of stops, pauses, looks off into the distance, but my eyes go white instead. Yeah. And um, I kind of, you just seem like my eyes 
moving a bit, but then I and then yeah, I come it's like out the dead trance. zone, but yes. for Disney Channel. How long are you in the trance for? It's the seven hours. So we just like awkwardly <laughs> standing there, yeah, like she does like, this. <laughs> it's probably like just long enough for it to be awkward. <laughs> Melody's like, what? What's going on? What's she doing? <laughs> does she do this a lot? She she does do it a lot, but I don't have a good answer for the first part. I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> I wonder if maybe her sleep schedule is not that good. <laughs> Damn beds. They elude me every time. And just for a few minutes, really, I think like... Probably less than five minutes, but long enough for it to be weird. Yeah, long <laughs> enough for it to be it's weird. It's not like a 10 second thing. No. <laughs> um, and then so I come out of the trance and I said, well, she only, she wasn't taken from here. You're sure? Yes, sir, Rebob. Well, where would she have gone if uh, she was just leaving on a normal day? So we'd been going to the bookstore. You know the bookstore? Your favorite place, Iroh. Yeah, I, I know it. Yeah, we'd been going to the bookstore and we would um, talk to the bartender there and they would tell us, you know, if the Punks had work for us that day. And then if they didn't have work for us that day, you know, we would meet up later in the day. But usually they would have work. If they didn't, we would try and find work somewhere else. Um, I don't think we'd really gone to the speakeasy that you guys were at looking for work but sometimes we would hit up like other establishments see if anyone had any odd jobs or if we could you know clean windows or put up basic wards or that kind of thing well so off to the bookstore may as well all right do you guys want melody to come with you or yes (laughs) i do (laughs) okay (laughs) he needs another adult (laughs) i mean it doesn't hurt but (laughs) She's also our only source of information right now. That's so. true. Okay. I just wanted to give you the option to not have like an NPC constantly tagging along, but sure. We can well, do this. And, well, and it might be important. weird, especially with the bindle punks. I mean, why we have a yeah, small history of them. Also, yeah, yeah, it might look a little weird if you're like, hey, please tell me all the details of where this 19-year-old girl has been. Yes, <laughs> when it's easy to be like, hey, here's her girlfriend. Yeah. Y'all recognize her. Mm-hmm. We just need some info. Okay. So I think we go downstairs and get into Iroh's uh, truck. Can we all fit in your truck? Oh, absolutely. But okay. before we get going, before he even uh, turns the key, opens up the glove compartment and starts pulling out a couple of the old uh, items, probably that he's bought from the um, bookstore, just like old plays and old uh, nature diaries and stuff like that. And he's like, all right, I, I know how important, uh, uh, you know, cos- cosmetics are for the both of you. So I've got... Uh, couple of books here and he hands one to nancy and one to fox and he's like if you just uh, you know put that on on your head just uh, wear it as a hat or something like that you'll you'll you know be fashioned up for the bookstore just fine is that how bookstores work <laughs> i'm ashamed to know you <laughs> and he's just like waiting expectantly for everyone to start laughing <laughs> I, I, I literally be like i'll read it but i ain't putting it on my head Melody, I think Melody laughs. Melody laughs like that's the first time she's cracked a smile. Since, all right, uh, all right. So. And heads off to the first story. You mean... <laughs> 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 you know how trucks sound. Yeah, of course. No, that's how motorcycles sound, Michelle. It's how all vehicles sound. Yeah, that's how everything sounds <laughs> yeah, in Serendipity City. 100%. You go to the bookstore. Has Nancy been to this bookstore before? Do you think Nancy would hang out at the bookstore or the anarchist bar in the back of it? Maybe the anarchist bar, but I don't see her going to a bookstore unless she needs something. Like a tome or something. Fair. Okay, yeah, no, I was just curious. Um, so, But I don't think, not in the fiction anyway, she hasn't been there yet. 
Yeah. Pull up to the like nondescript building that houses the bookstore. Uh, at this point, Iroh and Fox have been here. Like, well, Iroh's definitely been here multiple times. Fox has been here at least once. So Nancy's never been here, and she has the same look on her face that Iroh had when he walked into the magical thing. <laughs> and she's like, places like this exist. You can just go get knowledge. It's terrific. <laughs> like You're going to love it. It's absolutely wonderful. I, I love it. They love me. Um, <laughs> uh, I just, I, I can't get enough of it. And the important so she's, thing is that you think that. <laughs> <laughs> and so she just like walks into the store and she's like, there's books about all, all the things in here. Like everything. It's true. Like no birds or nothing giving you information. And That's then cool. Nancy and Iroh start a looking at all the different shelves and picking up stuff that they're going to buy montage. <laughs> yes. Yeah, actually, because this would be like one of the only places in Serendipity City that you could get written down information about magic without having to go to the magical marketplace. Yep. See, and I didn't know that. I just thought you had to go through people. Yep. And now and, you know. And Fox is just like when you take a little kid to a grocery store <laughs> and they're just like, they just want to get fidgeting. out of there. And yeah. Like, Playing with a blood pressure device. <laughs> Looking for the candy display. Yeah. <laughs> Fox and Melody are trying to move you in the direction of the bar and you move through the chaotic stacks of books um, in a really maze-like pattern and eventually make it to the uh, secret entrance to the bar um, which like you go down a flight of stairs and suddenly you're in a speakeasy and there are lots of like loud groups of people hanging out as per usual even though it's like relatively early in the day, it's still busy. People aren't necessarily drinking, but they're still socializing. There's, you know, someone that looks an awful lot like a stereotypical leprechaun off in a corner, regaling a group with their stories. Uh, and yes, that is now you're in the. I had to. I had to do a callback to our one shot. Uh, now you're in the bar. What are? What did I roll? What did you just roll there? I rolled a very poor uh, attempt to sneak uh, another book on Fox's head. <laughs> So you pick a book up? And just like, like a paperback tr- like romance novel or something like that. Oh, okay. Just so it's like, not a valuable book, at least. No, no, of course Ira not. I would never do that. I'm to just trying to dress book. him up so he fits. Because that's <laughs> and, so important to them. And it falls and it falls in that way that like like the only loud way for a paperback book to fall, where it falls like on the cover and it's like poof, and several other patrons look at you and the person There's at the a cash record register. Scratch. <laughs> And then it focuses on the book. Yeah. Yep, that's me. <laughs> You're probably wondering how I wound up in this situation. So all of that happens, and then you uh, make it... Three hours later. The rest of the bookstore is... Everyone is giving you sideways glances now as you work your way through it, and you get to the bar. And what do you do once you enter the bar area? Ask Melly who she only talks to. Now, before we do that, just between the three of us... Can who- Melody hear this? No, actually. I think this okay. is sort of very deliberately, maybe even before we walk into the bar proper. Okay. Which of the three of us maybe has the best uh, relationship with the Vindelpunks? Because uh, that, that can go a long way in situations like this. What faction? Um, so they would be um, whatever the one is for mortality. Because they're human. I mean, they, they're mostly human. Like, there are, they have non-human members, um, and they dabble in magic. But for the most part... I think we're all one in that. <laughs> yes. But you have dealt with that they owe you a favor. That is true. Yes. Oh. They, oh. They, they owe you a big favor because you did get paid for that mission, but y'all they almost died. Life. Yeah. Yeah. I do. All right. You're taking point on this one, then. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> As soon as you got close to the bar area, Melody 
went ahead and yeah, is absolutely. like at the bar. She's like talking to the bartender as you guys walk in so that you can have your moment of um, quiet discussion. You walk up to the bar and the bartender today is a woman with bright red hair, brown eyes, freckles on her nose, and she's got like alchemical tattoos all up and down her arms and she's like making she's cleaning uh she's like washing dishes and talking to melody so as you're walking up melody's like yeah these are the people these are the people i was telling you about who who said they'll help me uh help me find rachel and the bartender sort of like gives you all a once over and is not skeptical to the point of rudeness but there is like a definite look in her face of like are you all on the level or are you like fucking with this poor teenager um Ira takes the book off his head (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the the look in her eyes gets more confused, but still skeptical. Little side note, I have figured out what Fox is wearing, and it's a suit with a bejeweled Union Jack on the back. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's what <laughs> Rosie the Riveted. <laughs> yeah, that's a look. Okay. Okay. Uh, are are all of the buttons like little stars, like five point stars? Yeah. Or there? Okay. <laughs> good, good, good. We got that cleared. Yeah, somebody, that we've somebody this draw this picture, please. Iro tries to shield his eyes. Jeez. This is why Iro's been walking at the front the whole time. If you walk up, what do you what do you say to the bartender as you walk up? Do I recognize any of the chemics? Things. I'm trying to make small talk at this point. Like, oh, I see you're a water worker or something like that. Yeah, so they are mostly, most of the symbols are oriented around, um, like, protection of oneself and others. Okay. I see you deal in protection. Go ahead with your bad self, dear. Anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> Something about this bar just makes all of you so <laughs> awkward. <laughs> we are. So, um, the bartender blinks, is a little bit taken aback, and then I'm assuming you have something to follow that up with, right? Or do you just... <laughs> I'm like, no, I see. You got you got protection spells. Good job. Um, <laughs> no, and then she's like, yeah, so we're here. We need a little bit about Rachel. And um, in fairness, I don't know if you know Wyatt or not, but he kind of owes us a favor. So, let's just get this over with. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you guys are the one that helped helped Wyatt out of that. Yeah, and Vex nearly died, okay? So let's just... Yeah, he got... Uh, he was on Lachelle's shit list for a while and while after that. That does not surprise me. <laughs> it's like, I sure hope so. <laughs> right, I'm like, well, damn. That was a mess. Damn yeah, so what do, you, what do you want to know about Rachel? Um, I, I'm assuming Melody told you the basics. Like, we... You know, especially when people are new in town, if they don't have anywhere to go or if they've been, um, like, cast out from their family for whatever reason, we try really hard to help people where we can. So, obviously, we don't, you know, as, as a group, um, anarchists are not known for being rich, but we, like, try to give them something to do in exchange for, like, food or a place to sleep or whatever we can. So, it wasn't yesterday, but the day before, were you working here or who was working the bar? Yeah, I was working that day. Did she come in here, and did you give her a job that day? So I think what what makes the most sense here, um, because you're doing this, you're doing this by like talking and being friendly. You're mm-hmm. not like trying to, to psychoanalyze, right? No. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't seem like Nancy style. I would charm my way to the top. Not. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna have you roll because some of the questions that are on another one of the move don't make sense. So you're gonna roll plus heart, and you can add an extra plus one to it because of the bonus here. Nine. Okay, 
you are you will get some information. Um, you are going to choose two from the list, uh, which I will hand you in a second for you to review. That is, your request is going to cost you extra. Your request is going to take some time to put together. Your request is going to attract unwanted attention, complications, or consequences. Or they need you to help them out with something. If you turn them down, take minus one on going to this move until you make it right. Okay. I think... Probably the request is going to cause some um, unwanted attention, complications, consequences, and that they may also need our help with something. So the unwanted attention, complications, or consequences is going to come up and play. But thankfully, I have foresight for that. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, and they, you said you need help with something, right? Yeah. That was the other one? Yeah, so... What the bartender, the bartender like, um, thinks for a second and is like, well, here's the thing. I know that, I know that we owe you, but we're not technically like, you know, I know we're doing, I'm doing this as a favor to Melody. Like I care, you know, I I don't want to see these, like these kids, uh, get, fall completely through the cracks and sharing like these sorts of details could potentially get me in trouble. So I need assurance that like, I need I'm going to need a favor at some point in the future. It might be, I don't know if it'll be like me specifically or if I might need your help with the bindle punks thing. But if I come to you like and need help with something, we're, we're good. I gotcha. I can't speak for these guys. You can count on us. Here we go. And Fox just points at the bedazzled Union Jack <laughs> on the back of his. Ah. <laughs> it's so brilliant. Like, and bright. It's. Ah. I'm blind by the glamour. Uh, I'm not actually blind. I was just fooling you. <laughs> <laughs> the most dad dad. <laughs> Love that. Jokes. Is it creating like lights on the walls? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like doing that annoying thing where like you, you know how when you accidentally blind someone with like the reflection of your phone while you're sitting, like you're sitting in the passenger side of the car and like you keep accidentally blinding the driver because of the phone screen reflection it's like doing that to somebody in the booth the fae that was regaling people with his stories of his many grand and brave exploits like has to stop and has his hand over his eyes as he's trying to uh, not lose his train of thought it's like that one home covered in christmas lights that's trying way too hard and is still (laughs) on at like 12 30 in the morning oh man what a metaphor what a metaphor so for my life (laughs) so yeah okay I can see it ouch (laughs) oh god personal attacks today yeah right we got personal attacks and fertility belts apparently (laughs) after you say that you can owe them a favor at some point in the future they say yeah so what happened uh, not yesterday, but day before yesterday, uh, Rachel came in here a little earlier than usual. You know, she was she was just like, hey, Phoebe, do you have any work for me today? And I said, I don't think we do. Um, if you come back in this afternoon, like if you come back in around like three or four in the afternoon, I might have something for you. But right now we don't have much. And uh, Rachel was kind of upset about it and was just talking about, you know, um, and, and she like glances at Melody and um, is clearly feeling a little awkward about this. She's like, yeah, she was talking about how she didn't want to stress Melody out, but like this whole thing has been really hard and she doesn't want to have to go to her family for help after her family has like not been, not like disowned, but is like, you know, her family like is kind of set in their old ways. And, but she thinks that maybe like 
Rachel's talking about how maybe she should go like ask her family for help and see if they can at least get them set up in some kind of a more permanent home or with some kind of more permanent work or something. And we talked, you know, we talked for a little bit and I tried to like calm her down some. She said that she was like, that all of this was really getting to her and she was trying not to let it show in front of Melanie because she didn't want to, you know, Melody like left her village and, and Melody is sitting there like looking and create like very intently focused on her non-alcoholic drink that, you know, she feels really bad because Melody has like already gone through a lot to come here. And then it's been like so hard because her family's being awful. And anyway, so I think that the, at the, at the end of that conversation, she didn't say anything in specific, but I kind of got the impression that she might go be going and talking to her family. And you really didn't get this for me because I don't know how much you know about the shapeshifters, but some of them you really don't want to get on their bad side. So you really did not get this from me. But I think her family lives like around this part of town and she writes down like an address and slides it across the table. All righty, dear. Well, thank you kindly for your help. Um, I think we'd ask Melanie if she recognized the address or if she, or if she had known that Rachel like had met her family or anything like that or did. They just kind of avoid that subject at all costs. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't. She doesn't talk about her family very much. I knew that they hadn't officially disowned her, um, but there's like there's some some power structures stuff that goes on there that I feel like I don't necessarily understand completely. Rachel's from one of the old school shapeshifter families, and my understanding was that her family and specific political alliances are really important. And so Rachel running off with you know a human who isn't. Uh, an innate magic user from the boonies was not part of the plan for political alliances. And so they were pretty uh, upset at her last I knew. And I don't, and she, the feeling was mutual. Uh, so I, I didn't, I didn't even think they were on speaking terms. Melody, I'm, I'm just as much from the boonies as you are. So I, maybe even more so. So you can understand this may sound like a crass question. I certainly mean no offense by it, but you keep saying shapeshifter. Um, is there a particular kind of specificity we could tie that to so we get a little bit better of an idea of whose family we're knocking on the door of? I don't think there, I don't, you know how it is. I don't necessarily know how all of the, the ins and outs and the intricacies. Um, but my understanding is that there's sort of a hierarchy thing going on, especially right now. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, the werewolves mm-hmm. are at the the top of the pile so to speak and then there are other shapeshifters that are sort of like directly below them and then there's everyone else and so there's this you know there are some other shapeshifters that hang out here um but rachel didn't like super hang out with them uh because of because of rachel's family it was like a whole awkward thing but those other shapeshifters that hang out with the bindle punks are like trying to upset the established order and rachel's family they aren't the werewolves, but they're not the other people. If you know what I mean, they're not the people who hang out like at the Bindle Punks. They're they're still invested. They're like mm. they're like second. They're like one of the second in command style families. But what was her gift like? Shape shifting wise, they did. Uh, her whole family does uh, large animals, which like I know is not specific, but they tended to be either they were dire wolves or bears or like big cats. <laughs> <laughs> big cats. You know,
know, like a saber-toothed tiger or something. I know. I just think it's funny. You're like, very, I don't know. Cats. Very large. So, you know, there's all different kinds. There, there are people who hang out here who are, who are like bird people, I guess. I hope, I don't know if that's an offensive word, but they're like bird people. And then there are people who are like cat people. And then there's the reptilians and Rachel's family. They run the government. <laughs> <laughs> Illuminati. Mm, yeah, I've, I've heard that. I've heard that. I imagine that uh, Reese Falcone has told you a lot about the reptilians running the government. (laughs) (laughs) Will not shut up about it. (laughs) Yeah, so that's that's what we got. Terrific. So just to be clear, the family who we stand to be going up against here can turn into the most dangerous animals. They can't turn into sharks. I mean, maybe they could. Yeah, all right. That's what I thought. (laughs) Do you recognize this address? No, I don't. I don't know, but I've also never, um, I've never even really interacted with most of Rachel's family. Like I was there, I was, I was with her once when she got in a fight with her mom, but like, I don't, I've never, I've never, I'm not exactly a welcome guest in their home. Mm. You want to go visit the the people? Thing? Seems like as good a lead as any. All right. Do we leave Melanie here? I think the case for bringing her along is even stronger well, it sounds like it might be dangerous for her. That's a very good point. That's a good point. She can come with and sit in the car. Uh, that might be even worse. She's like sitting outside watching as a house just. Why don't we tell destroyed. her to stay here? Because here, at least, Phoebe will keep an eye on her. Okay. Yeah. She, yeah, yeah. She's she's like I'll I'll come if you guys want, but I don't know. I don't I don't know if that'll help your case or hurt it. Honestly. Yeah. Um, the plan is that Melody is going to stay in the anarchist bar. Yep. Okay. All right. So we pay for our books and leave. Okay. Do you just like drive and park right up? To, like, what's your plan in getting to this other place? I think we want to scope the neighborhood a little bit before we actually put the car in park and get out. Okay. So this neighborhood is, um, it's still on the magical side of the city but as you get closer and closer you in particular Iroh and probably Nancy too like I bet Fox has probably been to some neighborhoods like this with the kind of work that he does and who he works for but the or if nothing else you've probably you've probably been in if not specifically this neighborhood then other ones like it it's still south of the river and it's still in the magical territory but like as you drive towards this address that's on the note um the houses get much nicer a lot of them are still kind of like shabby chic like they're not they're not like the brand new apartments and mansions that have or are being built on the other side of the river but they are a far cry from like a ramshackle townhome that like has the first floor falling in they are a lot of them look like more of what we would think of as like victorian style houses and they're in like varying stages of disrepair but none of them are really bad like the worst is that there's like some dirty paint coats and none of them are like none of them are kept up completely flawlessly but um none of them are in complete disrepair either um and so the houses get bigger and nicer and like some of them even have lawns uh which is you know unusual so and you've probably been here to consort with like other people of your patronage i guess all of this is brand new to iroh Iroh has probably never seen houses this nice on the side of the river yeah so i think iroh is even aside from the fact that knowing that we're going into um shapeshifter territory is pretty 
on alert and in particular as we're driving through i think he's looking to see what the security situation is like like are there people congregated just out on the streets to like watch for outsiders that kind of thing are they already a target just for being in this neighborhood um what's what's that situation look like there's nothing quite that extreme you probably notice that like make a perception roll now (laughs) on every on every block or like every block or every other block there's like somebody on the porch kind of like keeping an eye but it seems like much more of a neighborhood watch thing than like armed uh security necessarily got it so people are like and you have probably been noticed to some extent but nobody is has like stopped you as of yet okay listen this ain't necessarily uh your friendly neighborhood here this is gonna be a bit of a confrontational kind of situation at best what's new yeah <laughs> fair, what, fair. when haven't we been in a situation like this and and so given that i think maybe a little bit of preparedness might be worthwhile here's my thinking i'm gonna stick with the truck and i'm gonna be on alert to see if any fireworks go off or maybe if uh maybe if there's some sort of a code word or something like that so what's a word fox would never say us into danger <laughs> quickly Skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when you hear the word skateboard, then I'll you know come charge things are going in. wrong. Otherwise, I'll have the truck ready in case you two come fleeing out of there, or we can make a quick getaway. That way, no one cuts off our exit. If you're not back in a certain amount of time, I'll know that something bad has gone wrong. But I think putting all three of us into their hands is a bad idea. All right. Okay, so do you, I assume, pull up at the address and let them out? Yep. All right. I, I think I'm just going to stop right there, keep the engine running. Send in the two kids into danger. <laughs> You're a full-grown person. Are we? <laughs> Are we? <clears throat> no, not you. You're a baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nancy should know better, even if she doesn't. Even if I don't act is, like is it. Is I, I make her worse. Is this because of... Yeah, is this, out is Absolutely. This, I, I wonder if this is... Um, if this is as much your getaway plan as that, like, as not responsible as these two are, they are probably more likely to have dealt with people like this before. Yes, that's 100% what's going on. Here. Okay. Yeah. He's like, I don't need an escape plan. I just don't want to deal with these highfalutin people. No, He's like, I, I, I think he would absolutely do it if he thought that was a good idea. But you two are far more at home in this kind of an environment regardless of how awkward things get. I, I think you'll be able to play it off a little bit better. Fair enough. Yeah, All right. We'll see. So, yeah. But if you turn into a demon, I will run inside with my shotgun. Okay, I appreciate that. Yeah. You park at this house. It's like, again, it's like I said, it's uh, it's one of the nicer looking of the houses. It's not like 100% kept up, but it is clean on the outside. Um, the paint is like kind of worn and chipped in several visible spots, but everything is in good repair. The lawn is trimmed. Uh, as you you walk up, do you just like walk straight up and ring the doorbell? Um, what's your plan of approach here? Real quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Fox is like the anxiety's too much. <laughs> do we know uh, Rachel's last name? Rachel's last name is Kedvis. Kedvis. K e d v e s. What's 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 the rest of your plan? go inside <laughs> <laughs> that is step number one 
<laughs> talk some more. Wait, but are you going to ring the doorbell? Like you're, you are going to remember to ring the doorbell or something first, right? Not just like walk, walk in. <laughs> yes. I was watching from Check the truck. Every, like <laughs> every drawer for magic items. <laughs> Does Iroh have, like, binoculars? <laughs> you can do it! Ring the doorbell, buddy! Come on! So, My little boy's yeah. growing up! He's so big right now! So, yeah, step number one, ring the doorbell. Okay. <laughs> Get inside Re- the house. Just real quick, real quick. You said there were, uh, like, body men, like, watching on the porches. Is there a guy on the porch at this place? There is not a person on the porch okay. at this place. There is someone, like, probably three houses down who is clearly um, watching the situation <laughs> unfold, but okay. has not taken action yet. Got it. They do not seem particularly concerned, which okay. you can make whatever you want out of that. Um, Box waves to him. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, does it. Are you, wait, important question. Important Uh-oh. question. Is Fox still wearing the suit with the Union Jack on the back? Well, he hasn't had time for another fashion okay. montage. I okay. Mean. So he <laughs> he nods back. Um, he, he gives you a head nod back. So you ring the doorbell um, and someone opens the door. They are wearing like not super fancy clothes. They're dressed like like a uh, like a live-in maid would be dressed. And they're like, uh, hi, hello. How can I help you? We'd like to speak to the lady or the man of the house, please. Can I inquire as to what you would like to speak to Mr. and Mrs. Kedvez about? Um, it's a business matter. Okay. Should I tell them anything? No. <laughs> All right. Why don't you uh, come into our sitting room and I will inform uh, Mrs. Kedvez that you are here. And would you like something to drink? Uh, no, thank you. Just let her know Miss Vanderbilt's here to talk to her. Okay. Is she going to know who you are? Does it matter? She sounds fancy. <laughs> you do sound fancy. That's, uh, yeah. She lets you in and sort of like guides you to the sitting room right there. Just, do you want to, as she, she says, and, and for you, sir, do you need anything to drink? I'm good. Thank you. Okay. As she walks out of the room, she sees the bedazzled Union Jack on the back of your jacket and does a double take, but is too polite to say anything and keeps moving. <laughs> did you give her your name, Fox? Would you give her your name when Nancy did that, or would you like just stay silent? I stay silent. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's been a lot of talking this weekend. She uh, leaves and then comes back. It's like a couple of minutes. It's this the sitting room. This is also somewhat awkward because, like, the sitting room is completely silent. Um, you can hear like creaking as though there is someone moving about the house somewhere else that you cannot see but otherwise it's completely silent and you are sitting in this like nice well done the inside of this house is completely spotless um the floors are shining you're sitting in this like fancy sitting room with a large grandfather grandfather clock on the other side of the room i was about to say if you didn't say it all you can hear is click yes that's exactly i'm i'm picturing you guys like sitting there and um like maybe fidgeting in complete silence as the clock is ticking and then all of a sudden ding <laughs> when if it goes off to mark the hour does that surprise either of you do you jump or were you expecting that i was expecting it does fox jump fox would jump okay that's <laughs> what i thought <laughs> someone in the house hears a little scream <laughs> um sorry i was referencing the pictures so. yes i'm gonna have to put that up on our twitter <laughs> probably 15 seconds after the clock chimes the hour and you jump um, the <laughs> maid comes back in the room, um, with an older, like very stately woman, uh, following her, uh, who looks 
kind of annoyed. The maid stops and it's very clear that they heard like that they heard you shriek, um, but they are too polite to say anything about it. So uh, the maid stops and like clears, <clears throat> she clears her throat a little bit. And she says, presenting the Lady Redvez to meet Miss Vanderbilt and her acquaintance about a business matter. And Amanda nods her, which I guess like you guys don't know yet, but just to save me from saying that name over and over again. Um, Amanda like sort of gives a dismissive nod to the maid who she acknowledges the nod in a polite way and then leaves like shutting the door. So you are now shut in this sitting room. And she says, uh, Mrs. Kedvis says, "Uh, yes, I don't believe I've had the pleasure of making your acquaintance. I am curious as to why you uh, have given me a house call today. How can I help you or how can you help me? Hiya, Miss Kedvis. My name is Miss Vanderbilt, and I'm here with my associate. We're actually here on a business matter concerning your daughter. Have you heard from her as of late? No, I haven't. What has she done now? Uh, she hasn't done much of anything, but she's missing. She's missing? Yes, ma'am. What What did she get up to? What What did What happened? Well, that's what we're trying to figure out. And the last we heard, she was considering coming here to talk to you. <sighs> when was that? Uh, two days ago. Well, I can assure you that she did not make it here um, two days ago. I had no idea that she was even contemplating speaking to us. We have not been on the best of terms for some time now. And um, I had only heard from her in a letter every now and then. The last time we spoke, it was not a polite scene. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, ma'am. Well, that's what our business was about today. Can you tell me what you know about my daughter missing? Is this is this something to do with that human she's been running around with? Is did, is she hurt? Do you know if she's okay? As far as we know, she left willingly. Everything was fine and dandy before she left in that morning. So she has like moved to block the door and is like, "I'm, uh, I'm sorry, but I can't permit you to leave." Um, without telling me more about my daughter's disappearance. I, this is, this is not acceptable. And you can see if you're, if you're looking at her face, you can see that her eyes are starting to go kind of yellow. Uh, Do you have a restroom I could use, (laughs) (laughs) ma'am? Oh my God. She blinks and is like, take it aback. And she says, um, Yes, it is right down the hallway. Uh, And she calls for the maid. (laughs) Yeah, she calls for the maid who, I'm like running out of patron names. She calls Jennifer and like snaps her fingers and the maid um, like opens the door and sticks her head in and she says yes. And Amanda Kedviz says, please escort this gentleman to the restroom and make sure that he does not dally on the way. Jennifer nods and says, uh, yes, ma'am, I can do that. And she, like, opens the door. And- I was not planning on having an escort. Yeah, I figured you probably weren't, but... Turn into demon form in the bathroom. <laughs> right. Just, like, <laughs> charge out the door. <laughs> so, um, we will cut but we will cut to you in a second and figure out what how you're handling this good i have time to think <laughs> the door the door to the sitting room closes you fancy nancy are left alone in the room with mrs kedvez very angry yes a yellow-eyed fancy lady she says yes yeah. so as i was saying um before your colleague had to go use the washroom i need to know more about this do you have any idea is this is this something with the humans is this uh is this a magical disappearance what what is, I, I mean, we are not, 
we're not on the best of terms at the moment, but obviously she is my daughter and I want her to be safe. What is, please tell me whatever you know. This may be a bad move, but I'm going to put my hands on her shoulder and I'm going to use my move. But as I'm doing this, I'm going to say, ma'am, I need you to calm down and we can talk about this respectfully, but then yellow's eyes got to go. <laughs> I'm going to skim the surface. Well, Jesus. 12. Okay, and what's... Um, so, skim the surface. Um, when you touch someone, you can read the surface on a 10 plus. I get to ask three. Who are you protecting? Um, why are you keeping secrets? What's your character's hidden pain? Um, or what is your character thinking right now? So, I'm going to go with what is your character thinking right now? What's your character's hidden pain? And I don't know about maybe protecting or keeping secrets. Okay. So yeah, with a 12, what you get is that obviously she's like very upset. She's trying um, for the sake of like social decorum. She's trying to like rein this in a little bit. Also, she's extremely annoyed that you put your hands on her. I know. Um, I figured. Yeah. I'm assuming like, I feel like this is one of those things where Nancy gets this all like pretty quickly. So this isn't like you standing with your hands on her for. Oh uh, no. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) She would not allow that to happen. But no, with this move, it it works a lot better. I feel than. um. Like, when she goes into a vision trance, this is, like, a slight touch, and she can feel what's going on kind of yeah. thing. So, she's uh, extremely annoyed that you put your hands on her. She's also, like, very upset. Um, there's a lot of... Uh, the upset is, like, multi-layered because she's upset. She's um, frustrated. She feels guilty. Like, you can tell that she feels guilty because um, she disagrees with her with what her daughter has been doing but like can also sympathize with why her daughter is doing it to some extent um and she's wondering like her mind is racing and she is like running through the list of people who are her family's enemies and wondering if like maybe this was their way of trying to get back at them if this was like a rival shapeshifter gang if it was like one of the um groups of demons that the shapeshifters like sometimes have fights with she's like running so she's like is there like a main name that comes up that i can feel or like a main group or main like does her mind automatically like you know like her daughter was promised to somebody and then all of a sudden she runs off with this human and so that family would be like no so she is wondering like there's she's thinking about um felix uh who is like the official head of the werewolves. And she's like, she's like, she has some thoughts around that less, like less that um, Felix in particular is going to be angry at her, but more of like, this is not going to go well politically with Felix, because this is going to be taken as a sign of like her and her husband, not being able to control their offspring, like for the betterment of the group, her daughter, like running away with a human was one thing. And now going missing completely is like a whole other thing, because that means that she can't, not only can she not control her daughter, but she can't protect her either. So this is like very bad for them politically. But as far as like potential enemies who could have taken it, she like there isn't a specific name that comes up. It's more like rival. Uh, yeah. It's more like, well, it could have been other shapeshifters. It could have been the demons. Um, she's not protecting anyone in specific. Like she is feeling a lot of guilt that she didn't do a better job of protecting her daughter. And she like, you might catch glimpses of like now and then she has been paying like, other shapeshifters to sort of like keep an eye on her and she's wishing that she had done that or like just like kept her daughter in the house so that's like what you get from that and then let's figure out what's let's cut to fox um in the hallway so jennifer the maid 
like, yes, right this way, sir. And, um, lead you down a hall. And she's like, the washroom is right through there. And it's one of the old style ones where there's like the little alcove with like the sink. And then like, like the toilet and the shower are like in a separate room with a door, but the sink is like off on this alcove, which is off the hallway. And she gestures and sort of like waits. How long is the hallway? Um, it's like, it's not like, could they have a conversation while they're walking down the hallway? Yeah. Like, I mean, there's room for like an exchange of sentences. Yeah. Okay. Not like a super in-depth conversation, but. Okay. Then as they're walking, do you like your job here? I mean, it's a day's work. Uh, I, it could be, it could be a lot worse. I'm not outside all day. I'm inside where it's rather cool. Um, I'm not doing hard labor. Um, dealing with the whims of the Lord and lady of the house can be a little bit much sometimes if I'm frank, but honestly, I think that's the way it is with any sort of management. And the pay? She's a little bit taken aback. She's like, well, it's, um, you know, it's enough for me to get by and send some home to my parents. And, uh, you know, the room and board is included. So my room isn't huge, but I do have a small room here. And so I don't feel like I can really complain. Would you like more? Like how much more? How much do you want? Well, for me to consider, um, crossing the Mr. And Mrs. Kedvez, which I am not saying that I am doing, but for me to consider that I would need to be making probably three times as much as I am now. I could do that. For what kind of work, pray tell? Same thing you're doing here. You want to pay me three times as much and provide me with room and board to um, clean house and welcome guests? Sure. Why not? And who are you? No one. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to need to roll something. (laughs) Uh, You were doing doing okay until that point, but you're going (laughs) to... This is a fast talk. Are you trying to persuade with promises, lies, or bluster? Or are you trying to mislead, distract, or trick? Um, well, I guess it would be the promises ones because I, I okay. will actually yeah, hire her. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you are going to roll with heart. Nine. Okay. At a nine, <laughs> the NPC will do it, but someone will find out. The GM oh will advance the appropriate countdown clock. So, But that's a yes. Yes. So that's a... <laughs> So she says, well, um, if I was hypothetically interested in such a position, what would be the first step? Well, I would need some information first. What kind of information? Well, we are looking for uh, the that that woman's daughter. Um, Rachel? Yes. Oh, yeah. The whole thing with Rachel is a, is a terrible mess. Uh, I feel bad for her. I really do. Um, but I don't, I mean, I don't know where she's at if that's what you're asking. You haven't heard anything recently? I haven't, I haven't heard anything in specific. Um, I, I've been with the family for a while, Rachel. So I don't know how much you know about the family business, but in addition to the things that go on in the city, um, the, uh, canvases do trading routes sometimes. And Rachel to, you know, learn the family business would, uh, travel with the people who were doing the trading. And that's how she fell in with, um, that other young woman. And, uh, it has been a great source of strain for the family. Rachel is the oldest and would be the one taking on the political duties of the family. Uh, her brother is much younger and it's generally not frowned upon to have the second or generally not, it's generally frowned upon to have the 
second child take up the reins when the first child is still alive unless the first child has something more prestigious to be doing. So the fact that Rachel has run off with um, a non-magic using human who has no political power has been an extreme source of stress for the family. And I know that it weighs on the master and mistress of the house that they have cut off their, their only daughter, but they, I don't think that they know what else to do, but I haven't, I haven't heard anything from her a, you know, probably like a couple of months ago, not long after she was cut off, she came to the house um, when she knew that her parents wouldn't be here and I helped her get some food. Um, and, but I, I have not spoken to her since and I haven't heard anything of her. That was less helpful than I was hoping for, but do you think maybe you could be helpful in the continuation of the search for her? I'd be happy to bring you along for triple your salary. To do helpful how? I'm a maid. Well, yeah, but you know things about the family and about her. That's, yes. Um, I su- Probably a lot more than we do. I suppose so. Um, would you, are you envisioning this happening immediately? Because if I were to uh, vacate my position here without notice, there would be, it's not undoable, but there would be significant downsides. I'm not sure that I could leave immediately. Like, I, I'm not sure that I could leave right this instance. Well, you could do a two weeks notice and keep <laughs> us updated on anything that might change related to this issue. Yes, that sounds like a favorable arrangement to everyone included. I believe that that is something I could do as long as I have a place to send my correspondence to or to meet in person and discuss. There is a speakeasy that we are at a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, can I... (laughs) Um, sure. If you, do you have a calling card perhaps? Yes. <laughs> so you give her your card and she palms it and sort of like nods. And then, um, the rest of the time is like, you know, pre- like acts totally normal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Back in the sitting room, Jennifer, how are you reacting to the vision or the thing, that, the glimpses that you got? So I'm definitely taking note of everything that has transpired. And, um, and then I look at her, like, you know, I take my hands off almost immediately after I touch her and I'm like, I'm sorry I had to do that, but I need you to calm down. And I like put my hands away. I'm like, I'm sorry that had to, like, I had to touch you. I beg your pardon. (laughs) I said, I just need you to calm down. If we're going to talk about this, I need you to, (sighs) I know it's a lot of information and I get it's your daughter, but I need you to calm down if we're going to talk about this. Cause your eyes are, Shifting. I am well aware of <laughs> what's going on inside my own body. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes, I am well aware of what is happening. Um, I do not think that it is helpful for you to continue after coming into my home and inquiring about my daughter and then telling me to calm down. I am perfectly calm and I do not appreciate being talked to or touched in this manner in my home by someone who I do not know. Now, do you have any relevant information that might help me find my daughter? Ma'am, I just know I'm just taking this job from her girlfriend. I, that's I'm just coming in getting some information. I'm doing everything possible to make sure your daughter comes home safe. I'd like you to <laughs> just, you know, all I know is what I've been told and that she's missing 
and we're worried about her. And so how this do you is, know that her girlfriend didn't have something to do with it? Well, we're looking into that too. I'm just trying to go down every lead right here. That's what an investigator does when they get hired. <sighs> Give me some helpful information, maybe that you know where she used to hang out before she ran away or something like that. Uh, believe me, I'm doing everything possible to get her home safely or get her wherever she needs to be safely, just like you would hope she would be. Um, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I can tell you. She, before before all of this, you know, she would run errands for the family. So she's been all over town. We don't, um, as I'm sure you can understand, we don't, typically deal with the non-magical types in the city. So most of our dealings within the city are on the Southern side of the river. She's been to the Grove. She's been to the caves. She's helped run errands with the dwarves, the Fae. But out of all those people, has anyone ever wished her harm? Have y'all gotten threats or anything like that before? I mean, we've all received threats before. That's part of being in the line of work that we do and having the associates that we have. Um, None of them have been directed specifically at Rachel for whatever reason, Rachel seems to have picked up a gift of charm that it does not necessarily run in the family. And um, as far as I know, she doesn't have any strong enemies. She seems to be well-liked by most people as far as I'm aware. And this is probably about the point when Fox comes back in the room. I'm back. <laughs> do you do you open the door and say that? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> the door opens and Fox walks back in and sticks his head back in and says, I'm back. <laughs> um, and what did I miss? Oh, what did he miss, Nancy? We'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, and the um, I'm uh, like, and I'm like, so, ma'am, thank you so much for your time. If you um, think of anything else that could be helpful for our investigation, Fox, can I have one of your cards? Yes. Just you can send anything <laughs> to this. Lo- well, or Jenny, will you take this? I don't know if she wants me to hand. No, she will take it. The card does have Fox's name on it, right? He hasn't introduced himself either, but no, he hasn't introduced himself either. And I, just, I just <laughs> called him Fox. In, 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 I thought him not introducing himself was uh, intentional. So she, t- <laughs> she takes the card and looks at it and says, you were Fox Bodega. You guys, you need to leave. You need to leave immediately. I appreciate that I'm you were helping. I'm not aware of this. I wasn't on that mission. <laughs> I appreciate. No. <laughs> Neither was I. You, I. <laughs> you didn't know he was Fox Bodega. <laughs> like you, you just introduced him as your associate. Like this boy has just been following you. <laughs> this boy with the bedazzled Union <clears throat> Jack jacket. Well, shit. I just <laughs> fucked up. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, she says, No, this is good. This listen, is good. <laughs> listen, I appreciate that you are trying to help to find my daughter. And so because of that, I am not going to notify anyone of this visit, not least because it looks just as bad on me as it does on you. But you are not known to be a friend to the werewolves and by association, our family of shapeshifters. And I need you to leave before anyone sees you here or puts together who you are. Whoops. Is that what you say? <laughs> skateboards. Fuck. Skateboards. Really? And she no, like flings. In, she flings. Yeah. Yes. Because what would diffuse the situation is a farmer barging in with a shotgun. <laughs> no, I'm like, okay, thank you for your time. We're leaving now. Bye. And the door. Like the maid would be regretting her decision. The maid is like, oh, that explains why he has the money to pay me three times my normal salary. 
It's that Fox Bodega. Um, so you make it out. What has Iroh been doing in the car this whole time? Is been, Iroh just like drenched in stress sweat? He's been watching for threats. I think he's got an eye on whoever this is on the uh, porch three houses down, but he's looking for anyone else that might approach the house. Okay, well, nothing has happened so far. Good. And Fox and Nancy run out in something of a rush, I imagine. All right, let's go, Fox. I mean, let's go, Iroh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, both of us. No. <laughs> Calmly, but quickly, he drives off. All right. Um, Once I'll- they get in. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Serendipity City. All of our player and cast information is in the show notes, along with the link to our community discord and other social media. Want to get an NPC named after you, like Melody did? In addition to becoming a patron, you can also now be entered in the NPC name lottery by tagging us on Twitter with a tweet about the show, or writing a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts and tweeting a screen cap at us. Don't forget to check out the Patreon to get sneak peeks, behind-the-scenes content, and other bonus stuff. If you're curious about those bonuses, make sure to take a look at the link in the description and also on our site at serendipitypod.com. Many thanks to patrons like Melody Burton and Ed Goforth for making it possible for me to spend more time on this. We're playing a combination of The Sprawl by Hamish Cameron and Urban Shadows by Andrew Medeiros and Mark Diaz Truman, with a few things added in here and there from Dungeon World by Sage Latora and Adam Koble to fill in any gaps. All of these are hacks of Apocalypse World. Sound effects and music were a combination of public domain and free to use with the full track listing credits in the episode description and battle bars. Our next episode will go up October 2nd. If you're enjoying the show, please consider rating, interviewing, or telling a friend about us. That's the only way we can find new listeners. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.